Hello and welcome to The Mod Show, where we get to sit down with entrepreneurs and creative spirits from around the world. This week, I get to sit down with Michelle Alsai, a Bahraini artist and photographer living in New York. She's been working on visual essays across a broad range of subjects surrounding women, and specifically around what it means to be an Arab woman. She takes us through her different forms of artistic expression and how she makes sense of her world through film, photography, and writing. I really enjoyed recording this episode with her at the Wing in Soho in New York City. I hope you guys enjoy listening to it. Actually, really recently um, went back to Berkeley and it was such an emotional experience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I haven't <laughs> been back since I graduated. Um, and I was visiting some friends. I went over to my friend Athena's house and her new apartment that she just moved into was like literally three blocks away from my sophomore year apartment. Okay. So I was like, I like went to her apartment. I was like, Athena, I'm going to go like walk around Berkeley. And I was not planning. Like I, ha- I had flown into like, like San Francisco and told myself I wasn't going to go to campus because... I didn't want to be in, like, I kind of wanted to keep that memory of Berkeley and, like, it's pristine, like, you know, yeah, yeah, just, like, course. put it in my it's, mind. Like, what, I was like, it's, it's hap- part of the happened? past. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to go back and, like, taint it. But, like, okay, I walked by my old apartment. Also, I'm body, curious yeah. how, having studied what you studied and coming back to this place, were you noticing a change because now you're not living that rhetoric anymore. There's other people. You're just walking through. You mean like, do I feel like I'm an imposter or something? Not an imposter, but like looking at the space in a different way. I think obviously you're very reminiscent of the past. The past will always be something that you see in like this rosy way. Yeah. So definitely I wasn't always happy when I was at Berkeley. Like there were times where I was like, was going through a really hard time whatever but like in retrospect i look back and i'm like it just seems like such a magical place to me because it really was so formative for me um i grew up like i feel like i grew into my own person there um so like my body kind of like takes me right to my sophomore year apartment and then and then i like find myself walking my old roots back to campus and I get to campus and like there's a literal tear <laughs> like like falling down my cheek. Um, so I don't know. I guess I didn't expect to get there, like go back there. And then when I did, I was so happy that I did because it just made me feel so happy to go back to a place where I felt like when I was in when I was in college. I mean, it's not necessarily of the place, but that mindset of being so open to the world and like open to experiences and people and meeting people and like you know kind of be knowing that you're exactly where you're supposed to be Mm -hmm. is kind of how I felt when I was in Berkeley like coming back to Berkeley no that's how I felt when I was in college in college okay yeah when I was in college I felt like this is like I was so aware of the memories being made as they were happening yeah um there's one particular memory I do want to talk about yeah about the this was the library that you went to oh yeah so um that's actually one of my favorite like memories okay good um so i think it must have been 2015 
15 I want to say or 14 I'm not sure um but basically there was like this like fee hike that was happening um to all like California public schools so like like tuition was going up and like obviously that's crazy because it's a public education um and you know historically Berkeley is like a public college so there was a lot of like um kind of like people like talking like talking like speaking up and like not kind of just you know being the Berkeley kids that we are and being like yeah no that's not okay little activists little activists Yeah. yeah there you go little baby activists um so there's this library not not library sorry it's like an auditorium auditorium okay wheeler auditorium and i actually took my intro to business class there i remember my first year of college um and we kind of like there were there must have been like hundreds of kids but we kind of like docked ourselves in like as to protest kind of like the tuition hikes and that was such an amazing experience for me because not only was it important to stand by like all my peers and like be a part of quote unquote change or like at least standing up for change it was also important for me to feel like I was part of something greater mm-hmm. um, or like a greater purpose and that's kind of what I felt when I was there um, so we like stayed over overnight like got sleeping bags we took up a classroom and I was there with a bunch of friends um, did you document this? I honestly don't think i ever did do you wish that you i really wish i did i'm sure there's photos on like someone's phone but now my question to you yeah is living this experience and you say it's one of the most memorable experiences of your life in berkeley had you taken a photograph or documented it in any way shape or form would you be able to relive that memory or get other people to really relive that memory the way you did by kind of capturing it in, a, in, a, in an image? Um, I mean, I definitely feel like if you relate to the story and if you see that space or you if you have that personal connection to yeah. that space, like you will feel those emotions by default because you kind of like are triggered by it in a sense. Um, I do want to say though that I... I feel like with that memory specifically, it was so important for me to be in the moment. In the moment, there you go. Um, And I don't necessarily think that taking a photo keeps you out of the moment, but that it it really wasn't a concern immediately that that was something that we were doing. I mean, it's been a while since I've been looking through my old college photos, but probably I'll be able to dig up that photo and like kind of see the faces again and kind of get back those memories um but i don't know i think i mean there's a difference i think between curated like staged photography which can say a lot and then um photojournalism which is what you're talking about um which i don't necessarily do as a photographer but that has an immense amount of value because it's the fact that it's a natural setting and the fact that this isn't a stage like experiment natural emotion um yeah it's capturing something really raw 
um, which I think also quote-unquote artistic photography can do, um, capture a raw emotion, but in a different way. So, yeah, that was, that was a really good memory. <laughs> okay. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> so from that, this is Berkeley done. Where do you go from Berkeley? What happens then? So um, a lot of my friends in college were like super creative um, and like either photographers or like working in fashion or um, writers. I had a lot of friends who were writers actually and a lot of friends who were poets. Mm-hmm. Shout out Ida. Um, so they really affected kind of my view of the world um, and like to look at the world. I want to use the word romantically when I think of Berkeley because it's exactly how I felt. Like every experience was like a beautiful like romantic scene to me not necessarily love related just in terms of beauty like just in terms of life there's a particular thing that while i was doing my research i came across yeah called i carry you in my dreams of jasmine Mm -hmm. do you remember this i do remember this tell me a little bit about it when story yeah when did this happen? um okay so this is this like going in that same direction of romanticizing or not i think my earlier works like my earlier series like when i first moved to dubai um and started actually picking up a camera and doing like more creative works um i was still in the mindset of like romanticism um or like the era let's say um so that series specifically is about my grandmother yeah because she always used to have like Yasmin around the house, obviously. Um, and I think this is because I had a dream about her and I always associate her with Jasmine. And I kind of wanted to do a shoot where I kind of captured the ethereal emotion of like being floating in like the sea of Jasmine as a kind of like an allusion back yeah. to my grandmother. Um, so that was that series, yeah. So, I mean, the photography was beautiful. There's something that I love about the images that you take and the work that you do, right? It's not just, it's not simple photography. It's very, it's very intimate. Even if it's staged, it's so freaking intimate that you, you can't help but like get involved with the person that you're seeing and the story that you're telling. And I love the fact that every single image that you do is in a series. You look at them as series. They're not just a particular one image thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong by mm-hmm. saying this. Um, and the way you depict the person. Recently, most of the stuff that you're doing is very female-oriented, mm-hmm. right? So I'm co- Actually, most of my work is female-oriented. Yeah, so that's I want to say 99%. I tried to shoot one shoot with um, a guy and I really love that shoot as well. But I did want to move back to moving, like just shooting women um, and particularly, particularly like trying to shoot Arab women. Okay. Um, or POCs in general, because I think it's really important to have that representation. What's POCs? People of color. Oh, people of color. Yeah. Sorry. Person of color. People of color. Um, so I think... What's really important to me, um, well, first of all, that what we were saying about having this intimate moment mm-hmm. with that person, I'm just so at all with the people that I shoot. Like, 
their presence, their energy, like a lot of this also, like I have to credit to like the person that I'm shooting yeah. because they exuberate kind of life and they exuberate kind of like this, this beauty that I, I try to do justice, like in terms of photography. But yeah. Um, but it's also about being raw and being real. And that's why film photography is my true love. Like, I think the fact that you can be spiritual or I these think of photography as like attitude about it is like you can fix the settings and the aperture and whatever and exposure and all that. But at the end of the day, like you have to trust that the camera is doing its job and mm -hmm. it's trying to capture what your eye sees. And then you see the role of film like a week or so later and you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I've had a lot of like really bad experiences with developing film early on when I started shooting. Like I lost 30 roles in like, I think it was like December of 2016. And that was to me like a very dark era because I like was completely discouraged because I lost so many roles. Um, but that's, I mean, that's part of the process. That's part of like why you shoot, well, not losing the roles, but part of why I shoot film specifically is because I don't want to be tied to like being so obsessed with like the digital perfection. Yeah, digital perfection. Like I just really want to have a moment with the person that I'm shooting. I want to take our time. I want to have a conversation. I want them to be comfortable around me shooting. And I think that a lot of times you, I mean, you forget that there's a whole other than the image that you see, there's a whole conversation that yeah. happens during, after, before, when you are engaging with this person that you are shooting. Um, and that's as important to me as like the actual shot. I couldn't agree with you more. Mm -hmm. And you see that in the images that you take out because they're not, they're not just that moment. You see the ease, you see the rawness of the person. How do you, what's that process? How do you, how do you make them at ease? How, like what? Well, I think, I mean, a lot of times I, when I'm doing my favorite, first of all, my favorite types of shoots that I do are the ones where I say, um, where I kind of like construct the narrative beforehand. Um, and let's say I want to talk about, you know, being a teenager. Like what does it look being a um, Bahraini teenager look like? Let's say this is like an example. Um, and I'll do my research and I'll do my motifs and I kind of want the subject, the narrative mm -hmm. to connect with the person that I'm shooting so that they feel that this is a story that they need to represent as well or that they need to oh, tell. So, so they're also becoming the storytellers as, as much as I am. Yeah. Um, so, for example, this was actually a really fun shoot that I did um, in Dubai. Is um, I had this like era which I was like fascinated with the idea of a witch. And oh, I've like, seen this. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. I did it. I was just like really fascinated with the idea of witch, why it was tied so closely to like women, you know, um, and why you know the whole history of that word is tied to a lot of anti like female sentiments um and you know there's a whole other dimension to it in the middle east so i did a shoot with um three of my friends and we all talked about you know um why is it important to like 
own necessarily we use the, the term witch to to represent kind of the darker side of yourself and i mean we had this conversation a little bit while mm -hmm. earlier about how you can't really ignore the bad and replace it with good you need to own your entire world at this point i'm hoping that i had recorded it but i had not recorded this conversation go on what do you mean no no like it wasn't recording when you were having this conversation but continue oh no way when I was recording. guys you missed some good shit mm. <laughs> um but i think it's important i mean that that series was really important to me because it was about embracing the dark and embracing kind of this I don't want to say malicious because that's not really malicious. It's just in, embracing your entire self, the dark, the light, and using that like narrative and that sentiment of like witch as like a launch pad to like talk about this. And um, I mean, it was a lot of fun. A friend, Aqib, yeah. um, also we did like kind of like experimental short um so it was really fun to do and i think that all of the girls were like really like i think they i well i hope they connected with like what we were trying to say there um so yeah but every single thing that you do you try to create it into a narrative it's not just i try to yeah i mean i think it's important i think what's important about being an someone who creates creates in mm -hmm. general is that you have an opportunity to tell a story why not say it like why not tell it like otherwise it's kind of a missed opportunity no matter if it's something that is like very like aggressively this is a lesson that i wanted everyone to know but it's also just like oh i'm just gonna tell a narrative of my experience that in itself has so much value so why not as someone who creates like meditate on what exactly you're trying to say and i think that is what makes work kind of more satisfying for me and more satisfying for me when i see other people connect with it because i actually know that this is something that like i truly feel passionate about or something that i want other people to see and i think being vulnerable in those situations and like pulling from my experience um, and kind of just like, you know, taking these personal experiences that have happened to me and trying to translate them into art. It's a meditative, rewarding, but also it's really great when you put it out there and then people kind of go like, like, yeah, like I see that, like I relate to that or I like it. Like just simply, like I like it. Like it feels it feels like your experiences mean more when you're able to translate them into something that is good, like art. I love it. I agree. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm a huge fan. I love your work, and I love the fact that there's so many different narratives that you come out of them. And then the other day, we were talking about how you're getting into still life. Yes. So that's something that I'm curious I about. Is that what's, love still life. What's the for? Because with still life, it's very difficult. You know, like if you think that it's it's more, di it's like if it's difficult to be able to converse and get someone to be raw and be able to express themselves and you be able to capture that moment, how the fuck do you do that with an object? And you prep, like, I mean, 
one you shoot at your house yes right that's yes. a huge part of you and yes. what you do yes that is very true why i shoot at my home because it's convenient it's more than it's more <laughs> than the convenience it's convenient and also like i i feel comfortable in that space like i do i don't really enjoy shooting okay i don't i don't know if i don't enjoy shooting outdoors but i love shooting in my home because again it's that moment of like i welcome you into my exactly. world that's where i wanted to get this to. is my world yes <laughs> please join me in telling our story together so you asked about still life okay so i'm fascinated with still life this is a recent like interest um i can't talk about my project that i'm working on mm -hmm. because it's still under wraps but um i think i mean i kind of wasn't like interested in like you know these like renaissance-esque like fruit table fruit bowl table with wine glass and grapes and and skull and you know and i kind of always found them a little like kind of funny and ridiculous um and there are a lot of artists over the years like in you know in art history that that's kind of you know mockingly put in like little motifs into yeah. their, like their still lives and i always found it as something hilarious um and it's fun i think the still lives that i've like recently experimented with um is kind of like a game of me trying to use objects as metaphors yeah um the rest of it is really just about how do these metaphors relate to each other and how do i translate that into the physical form again this is coming back to kind of like my like obsessive kind of interest in relating the physical to the emotional space yeah. so objects also as inhabiting the space and how their relation like can translate into something i mean i understand a lot of times that i'm the first like I'm like kind of the person who like overthinks my work and I'm in terms of like I know that a lot of things are not translated onto my viewers. Yeah. Um which is fine. But another thing. Yeah. That you write. I yeah, ish. <laughs> but you don't publish the writing. Uh yeah, ish. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Okay, so guys, Amad <laughs> is like pulling out all my secrets. <laughs> um, to give you guys context, I've known you for a while, so I mean I need to Yeah. <laughs> Dude, thank you. <laughs> Welcome. Um yeah, I mean I write because it's kind of like word vomit rather than write. Yeah. Um But the writing positions or articulates the narrative in your head i'm assuming correct? yeah i think it's because i want to look back and be if i do look back at my work yeah. and go like oh that's what i was that's what i meant okay so it's very personal um, it's very personal and it's very related to my experience and i i mean i have like journals on journals on journals of like really crappy poetry that i've written over the years like shoot like super crappy i would love to see it no you're not <laughs> no and no i, I would this. legit love to see it i was actually no i was i was at my friend's gallery in tribeca yesterday yeah and you've met him actually you've met peter tunney um remember in in cipriani oh yeah, in Dubai, yeah, yeah. yeah so he has a gallery in tribeca so i was going through all of his diaries and his 
he has had one of the most incredible lives. So if you go to his gallery, you see these insane um, journals with photographs, with tickets, with writings, with poetry. With like, he's like committing to the journal life. For like 50 years. That's amazing. It's insane. Like his time in Africa where he was with Peter Beard traveling around. Like, I, so that made me so fucking curious. Yeah. I was like, shit, what kind of shit do you have? Um, I mean, definitely not 50 <laughs> years worth. But no. um, I think it's just because, again, like why I say like the friends that I had in college were mm-hmm. so important to me is because they kind of inspired me to like or encouraged me kind of to to write or to think of the world poetically and to think of the world um, or the experience that I'm going through as something worthy of words and worthy of articulating. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I do these shoots and then I I write a little kind of poetic prose slash blurb (laughs) attached to it. Um, with every single series that you've done not every single one yeah um but ones that i feel like warrant that okay i feel like so like was there one with the witch for instance there was not one with the witch there was not there was one um again it kind of ebbs like my experience with writing kind of ebbs and flows so it depends i think sometimes you get this feeling that you really, 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 really need to write something. Yeah. Or you really, really need to tell a story. And that can either go in a visual form for me, or I, I, I really need to write nonsensical like, scribbles in my notebook. So um, I think it's, it's a lot about you know, just being comfortable with like, finding an outlet to express. Um, but yeah. Okay, so that's, that's me in writing. <laughs> that's I mean, me in writing. I'm not a great writer. I have to say at all. That's all. That's all. That's all. My sister is a great writer, yeah. but um, I do like acknowledge the importance of just writing down your reality, like writing down how you feel, and then you may look back at it and you may not. Like you may just have that be on a piece of paper and then burn it. Um, but it's important to kind of like acknowledge where you're at because a lot of times I feel like we're always just like running and keep we keep going and we keep I don't know like just distracting ourselves and if we really zero in on like your inner mind and your inner self and just be like this is what I'm feeling and just being really honest um, no you can't bullshit yourself you know what I mean like you can't so just being really honest being really raw like I think that's very important and that's what writing does to you that yeah in conjunction with the images with the series that you do yeah i would say so so tell me okay so still life were you there was more that you wanted to talk about still life or i think i mean i think my journey with still life kind of just started and i think i'm really excited about it that's why i'm kind of like i mean i'll talk to you about it and i'm just excited to kind of take new avenues to explore photography and not necessarily just photography, but the idea of storytelling in image or video form. So stay tuned, basically. Is stay what you're tuned. Now, you <laughs> wanted to get into film and directing. I, I do. Um, 
I mean, yeah, I say that. <laughs> you say that, but I, I mean, say that <laughs> you were supposed to go to grad school um, for film. So the first video I've ever directed was the Azra one. The Azra one for Lemma, yeah. um, with Aqib, who is a awesome videographer and photographer, and we did this shoot like this, like one day, like one minute video, and seeing that come to life was incredible because from start to finish i felt like i could well first of all lemma like really gave me the opportunity to like do whatever i wanted to do in terms of creative um so that was really exciting but also i had such an like interesting person ezra to talk about yeah um I miss you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I I think like approaching her story and the story of her hands is what the video ended up being. Um, that story was really important um, to convey, but also like playing around with like moving image. Mind you, first time like doing this. Um, and like Aqab is a dream to work with. So, I don't know, like, I kind of seeing it in retrospect, I looked at the final cut and I was like, this is effing awesome. Yeah. Like, I love this. I was so shamelessly proud of it. Um, and so that kind of got me into, like, talking, like, exploring what could I do with a moving image. Um, and for me, I think that, I mean, this may evolve, this may change, but I want to kind of tell kind of like vignettes or like stories that not necessarily have a narrative are visually not necessarily visually driven either they're kind of like both at the same time um i think with me the story will always be my experience um representation um and you know all these narratives that we talked about but the outlet can be different. It can be, a, it can be a photo and it can be a movie. And so I'm like really excited to kind of explore more of that um, in the next coming few years, inshallah. Inshallah. Yeah. So, well, no, I guess it's another stay tuned. So you are excited about working with film as well. Yeah. And you're, so will the narrative now? jump across film and photography oh definitely i mean i think it's it's for i don't i don't like to consider that we are only tied to one specific craft because that's if if you're tied necessarily just to craft and not to story then it kind of it can feel kind of limiting i think with me the story comes first and then you can kind of like explore the different ways that you can tell that story it yeah. can be the same story but it will look differently in a video and it'll obviously look differently in a photo and how does that medium change the narrative and also let's talk about accessibility like which like the the different accessible like narratives with photo and video like photo is easily digestible video kind of you have to meditate with it like you have to sit and watch this video and like take time to watch this video um whereas a photograph may be something that is very transient and like moves very quickly with you 
Um, so it's a different way of approaching your viewer. And then also I think that, I mean, with video, it can be very audience driven. Yeah. Which, I mean, is, is a reality of the craft. But also it's exciting to kind of do or like think about how you can make a video that not necessarily is tied to audience. So like you're making a video but you approach it in the same way of like a personal project. So that's, that's what I'm excited about. Yeah. Coming from... Like a personal diary Exactly. Page. I mean, no, but you, you all, all <laughs> of your work is very, very intimate to you, but the people that you're using, but then getting that rawness and, and that deep person coming out in video form, I just, I feel like there's going to be something there that I'm like really excited to see. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to like go through it and like... So, guys, I am, inshallah, starting grad school <laughs> in the fall. Um, and you will be seeing some video stuff come out. <laughs> One thing that I want to talk to you about is places. Yes. You like traveling. I do love traveling. And the way you document places. Yeah. There's a book that you mentioned to me a while ago. Italo Calvino's Deconstruction of Venice, Invisible Cities. Oh, Invisible Cities. Yeah. So that was actually required reading for my introduction to architecture class. Oh, it wasn't? Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's this... It was literally the entire semester. Okay, I think it was ED1. I Maybe. Yeah. I'm sorry if this is the wrong class, but I think it was ED1. And it was with Professor de Monshaw. Um, remember very clearly. And we were assigned Invisible Cities as a text. Yeah. And here's another... Ugh, I love that class, honestly. Um, so the book is a collection of like fantastical descriptions yeah, yeah, yeah. of cities um, or like of a city, like a vignette of every city. And some were like a city of like cobwebs and some, some was of like mazes. And there's all these different creative ways of approaching how to describe space um, that Calvino has done. And um, we were each assigned a city, a chapter. Um, and we had to kind of, throughout the semester, kind of like imagine that city. What was your in city? In terms of drawing. I don't remember. Wow. This was freshman year. I don't I care. have to say, <laughs> I feel really bad that I don't remember but our final project was we had to like take a book, like a really large textbook with a hardcover, and we had to exacto knife page by page an entire city, 3D built form, whatever, through the book. So I remember my friend Athena's project. <laughs> I don't remember mine. It was probably shit. But I remember Athena's project and she did a double-sided city. So she, you could open it from one side and it was a city that goes in and yeah. from the other side it was like another city. And I thought that was like the most genius thing ever. Um, and I think it's maybe the city of like webs, but I'm not sure. Um, so here's like an introduction again, right? About how can we like extrapolate reality and like take what is real and then like add more layers onto yeah, it completely. and that's why i love that book I, I really 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 love that book and i recommend it to a lot of people there's a quote in it that i really like like it said you take the delight not in a city seven or 70 wonders but in the answer it gives you to the question that, to your question or to, to a question of yours so it's like you're going in 
and you don't necessarily mm-hmm. you're not necessarily looking for what everyone else is looking for but you have your own personal question yeah. and the reason that I wanted to bring this up was like there's a thing that I think you posted on meal which was your record your your photos of Cairo yes oh that was a really fun thing to shoot so but did you know going forward that you were going to do this do you do this everywhere you go you weren't just in Mexico I I was so do you have like a question of like how you frame the narrative of Mexico for instance um I mean with with the travel photography that I do um what really interests me is not necessarily I mean then again here we talk about like the question of representation and experience yeah. I try to represent my own experience because I own that experience it's my experience um I don't think that I can go in and kind of represent anyone else's experience but when I do travel I love taking travel photos because my eyes usually just aren't drawn to architectural forms and kind of like putting you know like the shadow there and the building there and I I think it just it's nice to kind of like collect these things that have drawn like that I was drawn to yeah um and then have the film come back a couple like or a week or so later and being like oh yeah I saw that that was pretty cool <laughs> does it frame like when you go back to those photos does yeah. it frame differently your experience in those places um well I think yes and no I think that when you look at a photo of like it travel imagery as opposed to like something that is like a curated mm-hmm. series that I do but like when I look back at like travel photos I, I kind of like may get a experience like a kind of a rush of emotion about like oh being there and like remembering that street and like where I was and and then you kind of like take a, s- a minute to think about it and be like oh okay like I can with with travel photography it's so instinctive I think because you're not necessarily framing it and you're like waiting or whatever you kind of just see something you snap it right um and it's funny for me looking back at the travel photos that I do because I kind of see like a I see the link that ties my photos together or like what I'm drawn to yeah. only in retrospect. Yeah. So in the moment, I won't be able to be like, I'm hunting for shadows today. Um, although sometimes I do that. But like, I'm not necessarily when I'm traveling, thinking about what I'm shooting or what I'm hoping to shoot. But in retrospect, it's really nice to see that it's kind of a part of like my experience cool. of a space. Yeah. Now, I think we've gone quite long. Last question. Three ex- I've, I've actually, I've asked you this before, but give yeah. me three experiences that have changed your life the most. Oh my gosh. Well, there's just so... Okay. <laughs> One experience that I think has shaped me a lot is, and this is an ongoing experience, is kind of like moving in with my sister mm-hmm. as adults. Yeah. And like, my sister is my best friend. And like, she is someone that continually pushes me to do better and like with my photography especially she's my my worst critic like congratulations she, Zane, by the way on, on yeah graduating. She's, she's graduating tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> um so she really like calls me out and tries 
to help me progress and like strive for more and like her and I like are so close but also we grow closer moving in together as adults yeah so that was awesome that's one experience um I think another experience is when I moved to Dubai like other than college Dubai was so formative for me because you move back home quote unquote but it's not home it's, yeah. it's Dubai I'm from Bahrain And you see your friends ever so often. You have to kind of like recreate your social world um, and, you know, be an adult and, you know, do adult things. <laughs> and kind of like, it, it always felt like I was a pretend adult. You know, like I, I had a job and like I was going to work, but you I always did, felt like I was a pretend adult. Like, who am I kidding? Really like, working. I had like a kind of imposter sy syndrome. Um, And I think it was it's so amazing to be there and like to meet everyone that I've met in Dubai and kind of have them like truly like change who I was mm -hmm. over the port like the course of the three years that I was living there. So I'm really grateful for that. And I mean, I think one other moment, it doesn't have to be moments, can it be people? I think my sure. grandmother, I have to point out, yani, my grandma, Mama Fos, is like, I talk about her so much, yeah. I swear. Um, in my last year of college, I went to a creative writing class, and every chapter was about Mama Fos. <laughs> <laughs> um, she has been, like, since I was a kid, I've always seen her as this, like, fiery, powerful woman. And anything everyone every woman should be more like my grandmother so i think she's definitely someone who's shaped me thank you you're welcome thank you for listening if you guys have any questions concerns any comments or feedback please do share them with me you can find me on instagram at ahmad mia um you can find michelle at film by michelle Um, also, I would really appreciate if you guys could go ahead and rate the podcast on Apple Podcast. It really helps uh, myself get more listeners um, and produce better content. Until next time, take care. <laughs>